Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. So before we get started today, I would like to ask you, are you that person who's been struggling to move with confidence and alleviate back pain? If you're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed, then make sure that you check out the link in the show notes where you can download your free tips to help you live pain-free. And with that, I would like to welcome our next guest to the show. Everybody, welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis Podcast. Today on our show, I would like to welcome Emily from Build and Breathe Pilates based in the UK. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, would, you, would you tell us a little bit about your story with scoliosis and from the time you were diagnosed until the present? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm hoping that the system is is similar in the US and kind of be able to relate to the journey a bit. So um, I was diagnosed at 14, which I think is the kind of age a lot of people are. And I was put straight onto the surgery waiting list. So I had a curve that was, I think, 53 degrees. So it was pretty much bang straight into surgery. Um, and it felt pretty quick, everything happening. But I think I was quite young and so a lot of it went over my head and um, after the surgery I was fused to T from T4 down to L5 so quite a long surgery and I remember I had my physio and I was kind of signed off and left to my own devices really and from that point I think that's where I've been really struggling with recovery and rehabilitation um my op was eight years ago now and I would say probably for the first five six years after my op um I was just really struggling with day-to-day pain um struggling to kind of process the operation as well um so I think the best the best part of my journey was discovering how I could self-manage I think I was very determined to learn a bit more about my body and where I was struggling at my desk job for example I started to study a little bit more anatomy learn a bit more about my body and um, started to use movement to really help to get stronger especially with my core and that's been really really transformational for my own pain management and my recovery but as I say that's such a, a recent discovery and what I'm trying to look into now and delve a bit more into is also the emotional side of things and how I think having surgery at 15 is a huge thing to go through and we don't really talk about how big the surgery is and I think that that's something that really hindered the recovery because you're kind of always dragged down by this stress the whole time so yes 
movement's been amazing to help them with the physical recovery but I think only now I'm starting to connect with people starting to understand that there's other people in the same boat and starting to manage that emotional recovery as well so in terms of, of my journey with scoliosis I almost want to say like it's just starting I'm just starting to really understand how my body moves how my body works and understand that it is going to be something that I need to manage longer term I, I want to jump in here for a second you had said that uh when you started to discover the pain at your desk job so mm. did were you working at a desk job or did you mean when you were at school no so I um I was in marketing for Oh, it must have been four years or so before I came to teach Pilates okay. um, and that was straight out of uni I was working long hours literally sat at my desk I did an hour's commute into work and I think sitting that long just isn't good for anybody like let alone when you've got a back condition um, and I actually studied for Pilates kind of in, in the mornings and the evenings and around my day job and I always say this to people like I'm not really a fitness fanatic I hate getting out of breath I hate it I don't know how I've ended up being a fitness instructor um but <laughs> what I loved was actually learning how my body was working and I could better understand why doing the desk job was was hurting me okay. so much and so yeah. you had no prior experience with movement no. dance unless you were like dancing in a disco or something yeah. I'd, like I'd I did ballet at school um, and that's about it. So I knew I liked to move, okay. um, but no experience whatsoever. Um, okay. Just, yeah, basic knowledge of, of the spine through the op. And so you talk a little bit about the emotional components of scoliosis. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience and also being in the UK and what that is like there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's stereotypical, isn't it, that British people have a stiff upper lip and we don't talk about emotions. Um, and that's 100% true. And I think, personally, I kind of let the doctor make the decision. So it's very much, your curve's bad, you're going to have the surgery, crack on. And I think at 15, it's just what you do, isn't it? You just listen to your parents. And I never, ever considered that there might be an emotional component to it. And I was actually in counseling for something else many, many years later. And we had to draw up this timeline of life events. And one of the things I put on there was this operation. And the counselor goes, aha, do we not think this could have had some impact on you? And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> probably could have done. Red light. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just don't consider it. And I think being British, you don't, open up about things in the same way which is awful it's a shame that we need to change it um and i i really am a strong believer that counseling should be part of the immediate recovery maybe pre-op as well but definitely post-op um, just to help you process it and help to accept your new body almost i think that's something that personally i struggled with was just that i felt worried about having been through a big surgery that hadn't fixed it and I think that was a big thing that I was expecting the surgery to be this be all and end all you're done you're fixed that's it wonderful um but obviously it's not it's it's a support mechanism it's going to stop your curves from getting worse but it's not a fix 
And I really struggled to get my head around that. I thought I must have been doing something wrong. Um, so personally for me, the emotional side of it is the acceptance that my condition is something that I need to manage longer term. And that's something that is fine. I need to be able to look after myself, give myself that extra bit of TLC um, and not worry about it too much. So how long did it take you to wrap your brain around that? Oh, crumbs, what a question. I don't think <laughs> I started thinking about it until maybe six years after my operation. Um, a lot of what I do now is talking to other people. So my clients, for example, and talking to them about accepting their scars or um, pacing themselves. So thinking about, you know, if, if you're going to have a really stressful day, it's going to hurt your back. Can we take it a bit easier the day before? And I preach it a lot, but I'm not very good at practicing it myself. So where you say, how long has it taken me? I think I'm still in the middle of learning to apply it myself. Um, but I've been looking into it, reading about um, holding trauma in your body or um, preparing for huge life events like operations. I've done so much reading into it. So I know the theory of it, but um, yeah, it's going to be a long time before I think I'm perfect at practicing a bit of self-care. So I'm going to ask you this. How old are you? I'm 23. So you're just at the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it's a lifelong process. Yeah. How is it? How can you compare yourself to your clients who are fused? Would you share a little bit of those stories with us? Yeah, I've got some incredible clients. I think everybody is very inspirational in their own little way. And I mean, the people I've worked with who've kind of gone from a place of almost shame around their surgery and especially around their scars I don't know if you've ever felt this in yourself but where they've been so nervous about showing their scars from their surgery because people have made comments or they're worried about being different and the same with scoliosis curves people really really concerned about showcasing them in, in public or having a tank top on um, and seeing them go through this journey of almost self-acceptance to come out the other end and feel really empowered by their scars. That's so amazing. And I think that's something where I've been on that journey myself of being really hush-hush about my surgery and not talking to anybody about it. And now obviously my whole life is about my spinal fusion. And so it's nice to be able to share a little bit of that with my clients and help them to give them the tools so that they can go on that journey themselves and support them through it. So, so I mean, one client I've got, um, the lovely Charlotte, she won't mind me telling her story. She was, she was really nervous about her scar. And I think she just had some awful experiences and she had really bad pain. And we've been working together for crumbs just over a year now. And um, she's recently been doing lots of live um, drawing classes where she's the model so she's actually getting her scar out and um, oh, it's just amazing to see somebody who would never ever have shown it um, in public before to suddenly flaunting it everywhere and looking absolutely incredible and feeling the strength through her scar and through her operation and, and taking that as a real positive. So are all your clients right now based in the UK? No, they're a bit everywhere. This is the power of lockdown. It's been amazing. So um, I'm down in the south of England. So okay. I've got a few who are in northern England. Um, but we've also got people, I've got lots in America. Um, we've got some people in Switzerland, in Germany, got some Australians. 
it's all a bit funny with the time difference but yeah loads of people everywhere and um it's amazing that a few years ago I didn't know anybody else with a fusion it was just me in my little village and I thought I was the only person in the whole world who was going through this thing and we go into lockdown at the start of 2020 and suddenly the internet's full of all of these people feeling the same, moving the same, struggling with the same things. And you think, oh my goodness, like look at all of these amazing people out there. So yeah, it's been really amazing experience to be locked down and connected with people in the same boat like yourself. So it's, it, thank you. It's, uh, it's an interesting, um, I, I'm going to say dilemma because based in the UK and you talk about how uh, you know, British people generally don't talk about their emotions. So adding a scar to that, it's like all the more reason, like I'm going to, I'm going to hide the visual damage of what people can see. And I'm not going to talk about that either. So the empowerment that you are giving people in the UK and globally, you know, COVID, this is, like I said before, this is the silver lining with COVID. We have an opportunity to 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 just offer something to people to say hey you're not alone you're not alone um i'd like i'd like to talk a little bit you and i spoke about this prior to this um that you have asthma yes and i would like to dive into that a little bit because of with as we all know with scoliosis the rotation of the spine the impacting of the rib cage on the lungs, the breathing, how has that impacted you prior to surgery and after surgery with having asthma? I mean, personally, I never really thought that they were linked until I've done more reading into it and seen so many of my clients with scoliosis. They're like, oh, I'm asthmatic too. And you think, ah, of course it's linked. And um, I think my curves weren't severe enough to actually impact on my lung capacity. Okay. Um, so my asthma is quite well managed, but I've known a lot of clients who really, really struggle with their breathing and um, it's really impacted them. So I think it's definitely um, influenced my Pilates teaching. And we do speak about the breath control, thinking about the pressure and using your breath rather than letting it hinder your movements or trying to expand and grow that lung capacity um, rather than just forgetting about it like it never happened. Is that something that you've had to struggle with with your infusion? I have not, but I recently spoke with Alison Murray Music and she has always had uh, issues with breathing and she's a singer. Yeah. So I, it's very interesting with having asthma or with singing, how, mm. how has it limited you and how has it, I'm going to use the word expanded by choice. How has it expanded you? Oh, an interesting question. I think um, it's really never come into um, play with me to the point where it would have impacted negatively. Okay. Um, it's helped me to work with, um, I work with a charity in the UK called Asthma UK and um, they're just the most, they're the loveliest people. Um, and so we do lots of low impact workouts to help with people who've got really, really limited lung capacity. Um, so it's helped to expand in, in that sense that we can help more people who are really struggling with that aspect. Um, I think it's really helped to understand scoliosis. I think that 
it's very easy to kind of list all of your symptoms as very separate. And actually, when you think about it, of course, asthma is highly linked to your scoliosis. And of course, having that rotation in your spine is going to inhibit your breathing. Um, so I think it's really helped with my understanding of how breath is so integral to how your body works, how your body moves. Um, but as I say, I've, I've never had too much of a problem with it personally. So in terms of training, I've been okay. But yeah, I know a lot of people who really, really struggle with that with their scoliosis. And how long have you been a Pilates instructor for? So it's coming up for two years this summer. So okay. relatively new to it. And I find it very fascinating to see how the industry is really changing. I think I've been practicing Pilates for 10 plus years and so it's always been a big passion of mine but I think a lot of teachers are very focused on um, losing weight for example fitting into a certain shape um, exercising to burn stuff and when you've got scoliosis you're never going to get into this mythical shape that they want you to get into mm-hmm. and so trying to move away from that stereotypical let's burn some fat girls is really really nice and it's really nice to be at the forefront when the fitness industry is really changing and looking at movement as something that is holistic it's benefiting your mental health as well as your physical health is amazing and it's obviously really important for us with with our fusions or with scoliosis to move for pain management and move for emotional management as well as helping to keep your core strong so it's a very different approach to fitness and yeah really pleased to be a part of it so in the pilates world it's more about in air quotes living your best life and not about the losing of the weight as you said yeah i think um pilates if you were doing it um not specifically for a back condition would okay. be about living in a, a stronger and more mobile body mm-hmm. and it's very much about improving your day-to-day function so that's why I thought it was perfect to learn personally and to practice personally because that's exactly what I needed was a strong core mobility above and below where my rods are and just kind of knowing my body a bit more connecting with my body a bit more and that's what Pilates does so it's really really great And how is it with the fact of COVID and virtual training, how is it you, so normally you would be in a studio and you have a reformer, a tower, a mat, and maybe a bar. So how, so with the virtual training, you're still able to do that, even if that client does not have that equipment? Yeah. So we just do mat-based Pilates. So. I think I've met one person that had a reformer at home and I was shocked about that. Um, can you imagine fitting one in? I don't, I'm not even sure my studio would fit one here, but um, yeah, we do mat base, which makes it super accessible as well because you just need yourself and the floor. Um, and there's a lot you can do with body weight. And I think especially where our bodies are quite um, unique or we've got different weights on different sides, different muscle masses, just by making the smallest tweaks in a mat-based position, you can get really meaty workouts. So it's been quite nice actually to shift the focus just to the kind of basics of Pilates and bring it back to the mat by doing these virtual sessions. And it's really lovely to be able to connect through a screen. I think it's what's kept me sane this past year. It's like seeing people in real life and interacting with them. It's been yeah. really lovely. Share, share with us, without giving any names of your clients, share with us your 
the story that warms your heart the most and the story that you still look at that person and you say, you're just there. Like you, you see where they can be, but they are not there yet. Yeah. I'll start with the heartwarming one. We'll go with the nice one. Um, Is a client with scoliosis who was really, really struggling with her self-image. She was due to be married last year. Obviously, COVID has put it off. Um, And she was really struggling with how she was going to look in her wedding dress. Um, And we started doing one-to-one sessions. And we really worked not only to build her strength, but to build her confidence in herself. And when I say confidence, I don't just mean looking in the mirror and thinking, oh yeah, but actually confidence that she could do different movements. She had the strength to do these movements that she didn't believe in herself to be able to do prior. And working with her over that period was amazing. She progressed so much and she's now doing my group classes a couple of times a week. Um, And she said to me that she was so excited to walk down the aisle and to fit into her wedding dress. And she felt so empowered by her curves now um, that she was really excited for everybody to be able to see her back. I mean, how incredible that you could have that impact on somebody. That's life-changing for somebody to want to hide away and not even feel confident on their wedding day to suddenly coming out and thinking, look, I am beautiful as I am. I have got the strength to do X, Y, and Z despite my scoliosis. I'm still strong. I'm still an inspiration. Um, And so that's just my go-to. If I ever have a bad day and I think, oh, I'm really overwhelmed, I'm really stressed, I think look at that impact that you've, been able to empower somebody in that way mm-hmm. um so that's yeah that's my most most heartwarming story it's lovely and do you have a story where you look at somebody and they say I just can't yeah I think um I see a lot of younger people who really struggle with the pain aspect of things and I think uh, one thing I hear all the time is that they feel dismissed by doctors or um, physiotherapists where they'll come and they'll say, look, I've been in pain for years. What can you do for me? And the doctor goes, it's in your head. See you later, self-manage. And I can imagine how incredibly frustrating that is because I was in the same position a couple of years ago where I'd seen everybody under the sun. I didn't feel like I was being taken seriously. I'm in pain every single day. And what I'm trying to get across is that if you imagine that your body, um, or if we think about that film, 127 hours, you know where he's got his hand stuck in the rock? Mm-hmm. He's in so much pain trapped against this rock. And if you think about what's going through his head, it's incredible amounts of stress. How am I going to get my arm out? It hurts. All of this. Now, if you imagine somebody with scoliosis and they're in pain for years at a time, Imagine what's going through their head. They're stressed years at a time. And so that's chronic stress as well. And so I think what we need to do is almost tackle the stress and deal with that side of things that we can maybe manage better and see the impact that has on the pain. And I think when you ask for a story of a client where I'm I'm struggling, I can see you're so close, is where we go through this and we feel like we're on top and we're making effort to look at the stress side of things, we're pacing things, we're taking time for ourselves. I know the pain's awful, but we're gonna try and get you stronger. 
but then they'll go to their GP, they'll go to their doctor and they'll say, oh, it's in your head. And it sets them back months because suddenly they feel dismissed. They feel that um, they're being stupid, that of course they can't be in pain, but then they must be doing something wrong. Why is there pain? Someone's telling me there's no pain. Um, and so it's that constant setback, which really frustrates me. And I don't know if that's something that doctors need to be able to communicate that pain has a psychological aspect a little bit better. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's a, you, you hit on so many good points because there's, there's the pain of scoliosis. Yeah. And then there's the stress of scoliosis. Two yeah. totally different things. Exactly. And I mean, I had one doctor once, the only doctor that's ever helped me understand it, where they said that, you know, the pain is real, but when you're stressed, you're making it 10 times worse because yes. you're holding yourself differently. Right. Um, so it is interlinked. But as you say, they're completely different things and they both need attention. Yeah. And I think that's not spoken about enough. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And, and this is one of the things that you target with um, build, breathe Pilates, the yeah. physical and the emotional aspects of both sides. So uh, can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, the physical side is all about building a stronger body and building a more mobile body. So um, we're thinking especially with um, pre-fusion, but also, also post-fusion is kind of building your own brace. So really building a core that's going to support your spine. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they talk about core, they just think abs, but there's a lot more to it. Kind of that whole trunk around your waist. Um, I involve glutes as well, because they help support your pelvis. That's what your spine sits on. So anything that's gonna help to support your spine, we're really looking at strengthening and, and building muscle there. Um, but also looking at um, aches and pains that we might have, trying to stretch, especially above the rods and below the rods. I know people hold a lot of tension there. And it can be quite hard to know how to stretch your back after a fusion because you think, oh, I shouldn't be moving. But actually, there's a lot of mobility there that you can access if you're careful and you build up slowly. Um, so that's the kind of thing that we try and work on from a physical aspect is both strengthening and reducing um, the pain by stretching and, and getting you moving. Okay. And if people want to find you on social media, we have, we have connected through Instagram. Tell us where they can find you. So we are um, at Build Breathe Pilates on Instagram. Um, and we've got a little website called buildbreathe.co.uk because um, we're England-based. Um, and there's lots of contact forms on there. I'm always open for a chat if you need kind of support as well. So um, Instagram is probably the easiest place to reach us. Okay, well, Emily, I thank you for being a guest on the T3 Fit Scoliosis Podcast. Everybody, if you would like to talk to Emily, send her a DM on Instagram through Build Breathe Pilates. It sounds like a tongue twister for me. <laughs> it's Build Breathe Pilates on Instagram. Emily, thanks for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, 
then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.